0: Welcome to the 148th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Today I have a different format. I gave a lecture this evening to a group of people that are starting a plant-based journey. Two of my members live in a golf course community and they're looking to find like-minded individuals so that they can um, go on the plant-based journey to health and wellness uh, with some like-minded friends. So I was invited to their group today to give a little talk and I was just gonna share you our experience. So I'm gonna let this go unedited and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. So um, obviously I am uh, Bob and Judy's position but I also do a podcast, and it's called the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. And I typically typically record on Thursday evenings. So, welcome to the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. You <laughs> all that. <went out. laughs> um, we I changed my practice. I've been a cardiologist in Port Charlotte since 1999. Came to town uh, before that. I was at West Virginia University, uh, and then Venice, and then finally at Port Charlotte. But I became a cardiologist largely because I needed to fix myself because I have a terrible family history. Uh, My mother's mother died at 57 of heart failure and diabetes, her father died at 47 of a massive heart attack, Uh, my father's uh, grandmother died of diabetes and heart attack. So diabetes, heart disease was rampant in my family and even as a young kid I remember riding to the hospital with my one grandmother in heart failure. So it kind of made a lasting impression and you know add in a little bit of science stuff and that's what got me into cardiology. And the thought was that how do you best manage people to keep them from dying of cardiovascular disease? And the traditional practice is to be able to diagnose people in early detection um, and treating people. And so we know the risk factors for cardiovascular disease are smoking, so don't smoke, being a man. Now you can change that. But (laughs) (laughs) And age over 55, women start to catch up, Um, diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol. So if you... The thought process is that if you take your blood pressure medicine and you take your cholesterol medication and you eat a healthy diet whatever that might be and exercise whatever that might be that you won't have heart disease. Well, my doors never I never ran out of business. So obviously those things don't necessarily work 100% of the time. And I pride in myself in being able to titrate cholesterol medicines to a cholesterol less than 200 and Diabetes to a you know a glucose around 100 and blood pressure medicines to a less than 120 and you know get people on the, the medicines that the American Heart Association says is good protocol and what's the standard of care, yet people still have vascular disease and progression. So nobody ever really we you know when you say hypertension, people think um, the the diagnosis code is essential hypertension, meaning it just happens. Most people think they have cardiovascular disease because they have a bad family history and there's nothing you can do you're sort of a victim of your genes so to speak and when you get these illnesses you take medications and band-aid them up and hope for the best and we don't ever ask why we just assume it's your genes your family history take your meds go on about your uh, your, you know good luck to you but that doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily work and um, the way I Ran into an alternative. I was in the heart catheterization laboratory one day. I was getting ready to do a procedure. And I saw the tech eating this giant bowl of salad. Literally, you know, the big serving bowl under her arm here eating this salad. She does a skinny thing. And it's like, you know, what are you doing? And, you know, she said, I'm a vegan. And I'm from West Virginia. There aren't vegans there. And I was like, what's a vegan? She said, well, I don't eat animal products. You should read this book, John Robbins, Diet for a New America. You know, the guy, Baskin and Robbins, uh, his son. So I got the book and I went home and it was kind of a page turner for me because they talked about all the things that I didn't know. I had no idea about factory farming. I had no idea that, you know, dairy could be so bad for you and cancer causing. You know, these various different things. And by the time I was done reading the book, I decided I was a vegan. So I promptly, you know, went out of my study and to the family and said, "We're now vegans." And they said, "You're a vegan, but we're not a vegan." <laughs> And uh, so that was kind of how it started, and so I, I would hand patients um, either Dean Ornish's book or recommend I for a New America, you should give this a read, and when I would hand Dean Ornish's book to people, his first book, I would say, it's really hard, you probably won't be able to do it, but if you can, it works, <laughs> and that would be about all I gave and them.
1: That meant with the scientific background, that Ornish kind of... I've done research
0: right right so this is the you know so it's like this book you know this, this works as far as you know i believe that he's, he's had success and he has he's shown that with heart catheterizations you can reverse disease and, but this is not easy but if you want to give it a shot you know right and um kind of let it go with that and i was running one day one of the things i took up to try to outrun cardiovascular disease was running so i'm out running and i was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this new movie uh, forks over knives and you know where this doctor uh, took people and he showed them his wife they showed him how to cook and they called him all the day and he took an interest and it really he, he resonated with me in that I come from a background of teachers in my family and my aunt always used to say that if somebody doesn't learn it's not because they can't learn it's because of the way you're presenting it so I always took that to heart with my patients that if somebody didn't understand what I was talking about it wasn't them it was how I was, pre- was presenting it and I need to fix that, fix that. So when, he, when I heard him talk about this, he's like, if you just take time with people, which we always did in our practice, you know, they'll see that they can make their own decision, and, and, and you know, we have great success. So I was like, okay, I know what I want to do. I want to try this in my practice. And so I started having a group of 16 people in my office in the evening of people that I would kind of shame that were my regular cardiac patients into coming to this class, and I made them pay me $25, so I figured if they paid $25 up front, they'd show up. You know, otherwise, they wouldn't show and um, so, I should have thought it out. Yeah. <laughs> so they so they showed up and we had you know, we got sixteen chairs at a garage sale and I used a whiteboard and I made something on a fold-up table, something simple, and kinda of like the way you started here. And all of a sudden I started seeing, you know, some of this, you know, some guy that was having chest pain and went away. Somebody that was having claudication in his legs went away and roughly started to go away. I was starting to take these people off their medications, their cholesterol was coming down, their blood pressure was coming down. It's like, my God, this works. And so we went from one class on a Thursday evening to we did two classes on a Thursday evening and then we put another class in, we got, grew our 16 chairs, moved to the, um, we, we moved up to the, um, uh, i trying block it on the name, but the Chamber of Commerce where they had a bigger room and, and did it from there. And the only complaint I had was when the class was over, people didn't have any support and they kind of fall off the wagon so to speak. So we decided to change the practice at that point so that everybody in the practice would have an opportunity to come to nutrition class where I would make something and, uh, they would eat it and we would discuss the why because nobody's ever going to do anything unless you know why. Um, and so the idea was to present people with an alternative to traditional cardiovascular care. And if you want to try that, great, we'll help you We'll help you learn it. If you don't, you don't have to. You know, that became, um, and it became a lot more fun to treat people that actually wanted to be involved in their own medical care as opposed to, I'm here, fix me, you know, I have a tea time at 445, let's get <laughs> yeah. out of here. You know, and uh, so it became people actually seeking the practice out that didn't want to be said or told, take this medicine, I'll see you, but I have a question, Never mind. maybe next visit. Um, and so that's actually how the practice has evolved. And we've, we started, the, I think it was 2017, 2016 is when the practice went full-time to a wellness-type practice. And since it's evolved, um, at one point before COVID, we were having three classes. So we had a beginner class, an intermediate class, and an advanced class. Um, it kind of shrunk down with COVID. We went online, Zoom became involved. So we, we've done, you know, done that. But most of the time in class, we, we kind of talk about the why. And, and it really has made the practice of medicine much more interesting to me, because we get to talk about the why and, and I get to see it work. And, you know, I can tell you success stories and I can tell you, you know, I, I've had a great success, you know, with somebody that couldn't walk 25 yards and was back walking three miles. I've also had a failure where uh, a gentleman was doing great and with the complications of everybody in his family couldn't sustain it and end up, you know, regressing and and actually dying as a young person of cardiovascular disease. So it's not a fix that you can do two months of and go back to your old ways and you'll still be good. Um, It's a lifestyle. But the idea is to maintain, to make it such that it's a lifestyle that you enjoy. I always tell people, I'm the first one (laughs) to put Um, that I enjoy every meal I look forward i like to eat I like to cook I, I you know I look forward to my meals I don't feel like I'm in dietary jail so to speak I don't feel like you know I'm having to live this life Poor me I have bad genes I've got to do this or else and I think that's very important I think a lot of times with traditional dietary plans Weight Watchers Jenny Craig's those kind of things you do it for weight loss Thinking that once the weight is gone, then you can kind of result, you know, go back to your old ways, so to speak, or a little, you know, maybe a little bit changed, but for the most part, everybody drifts back until they, you know, hit that point, then they kind of go back and have to do a reset. Um, there's a big difference between weight loss and nutrition. Weight loss, meaning, you know, um, I, I heard somebody talk about why do people do something? Why do you go to the gym, for instance? And for the most part, people go to the gym to look better, right? Feel better, yes, but everybody wants to look better. Nobody wants to, you know, it's like I'm hoping I look worse you know, I'm hoping, you know, I are, and, and so no matter what, most people would like to look and feel better. And so, first thing that usually comes to mind in most people is some weight loss, you know, that that's typically something that, so marketing is always, you know, you can lose weight and feel better and slowly chop the cake. You know and of course you can eat a piece that big that you know once it, you know so there's always a catch um, but nutrition is something that when we look at I look at it as being health and if you want to you know why do people age you know why don't 15 year olds have high cholesterol and hypertension you know why do you not have a stroke until you're older why do you, most people get Why why do children get cancer um, you know, if it's your genes, then why do your genes not kick in until you're 65? How do they know? You know, it's like expiration date. Did you come marked with, or is there something you do? Um, the example that I'll I'll give is you know my mom's family history. I told you that her mother died at 57, her dad died at 48. She has uh, had three brothers that died in their 60s. My mom turns 90 next month. Did she get the good genes out of all the other bad genes? No, she took high blood pressure medicine and antacid pills from her 30s and cholesterol medicine, but she changed her nutrition you know, at 75. And I believe that is what made the difference in, in, her, in, her, in her cognition. So I think that she's working on the genes. My grandmothers all had diabetes when they were in their 50s. I'm 60, I don't have it yet. I know I have the genes. I know at 150 pounds I could have the diabetes pretty easy pretty much would uh, bet everything I had on it I could I could show you how to get diabetes pretty quick Um, but it's the but how do you how do you change that with nutrition and what it all comes down to whether it's cancer high blood pressure high cholesterol aging in general it's our way that we metabolize energy so we have these so you know I put up in class a picture of a, a garage when you're born you have a new garage in your cells, right it's nice and clean like when you first moved into your house here at riverwood nothing's in it look great it's all white shelves everything's pristine you know and then 25 years later there's stuff falling off the shelves you got all the <laughs> knickknacks from up north you know it's going to be going to need a dumpster to clean it out so that's your body right that's your body on aging you know we have you know a Big Mac at 16 You got a little bit of metabolic waste you have some tuna fish you got a little mercury you got to do something with you, have, you know you've got Christmas cookies you got a little metabolic waste there over the years you know toxins that are point uh, you know that are in different chemicals that are in your chips you got to do something with those gradually we put those in our cells and gradually the cell can't keep itself clean and can't metabolize energy and when we can't take food and turn it into energy, basically those things called mitochondria, have anybody heard of those organelles, then bad things start to happen. So once you can't metabolize energy, then we've got it. We're now we're storing more as fat. So we're, we're making the cell fuller of junk quicker. We don't have enough energy to move. Our parts don't have enough energy. Our hearts can't beat effectively. Our brains don't beat it. Everything, doesn't, everything starts to not work as it should and we start getting disease. And you can, you know, so our genes play a role in what might get us first, so to speak. Um, But not necessarily so. Um, So, and that's kind of all a new field. You know, when I went to medical school, it was, you use these medications for blood pressure, you use these medicines for the cholesterol, (laughs) you do this procedure. We're going to do a stress test on you every year so that we can catch your coronary artery disease early. Um, We're going to do your ultrasound of your carotids every year so we catch it before you have a stroke. So I'm gonna watch it as it closes shut. And hopefully, when it's you know time for your yearly carotid, hopefully it won't be, so your body knows that you're gonna get your ultrasound in June, so it's not gonna close in May, it's gonna close in, you know, it's gonna find this in June. You know, it's, it's, it's not really good thinking, because most of the things that we try to look for, we've never, you know, why not just do a CAT scan on everybody every year? Why not, you know, and a lot of practices we're gonna do, you're 55, we're gonna do a stress test on you every year, because we need to see. But we can't pick up those lesions um, because the one that might get you tonight, I saw a woman that's 50 years old today in the office, and she had her heart attack, uh 2018. And she had a family history. And she says, maybe if I would have had a stress test, I would have caught it. It's like, no, because, you know, she, it turns out she started exercising and she wanted to lose some weight, so she went on a ketogenic diet. Then she had a heart attack. Wow. kind of like bob harper you know with the big biggest loser you know he started putting butter in his coffee and he had the big one despite being you know so you look good on the outside it's like my grandfather's 1960 ford you know that was the frame rusted on the inside the outside looked really pretty but the frame rusted on the inside we can rust it on the inside and you can't really detect it so to speak so these lesions that we find now the big you know calcium scores right people are going out and get calcium cts to see whether or not they have calcium in your arteries and mm-hmm. it's like. Okay, you flunked your test, you got calcium in your arteries, you've got vascular disease. Now we should do another test, now we should do another test, and you know, but I feel fine. Will these tests make me live longer or live better? Well, no, but we'll find something. But the test but the treatment itself may kill you, right? So if I perforate your artery when I'm doing a heart catheterization and cause a heart attack, and you weren't having any symptoms before, now I've actually made you a patient, perhaps. We now know that, and it's very interesting. Um, running, exercise, people that do um, long distance running tend to have less cardiovascular. There's no, there's no upper limit of exercise that people start to do worse. with. so you know American Heart Association says do 150 minutes a week, but if you do 5,000 minutes a week, it's not gonna, you're not gonna die because you did too much exercise. So we know it just keeps getting better, and there's not, and there's not really a place that you know unless you. Break your neck or something that just going to make it worse. But we also know that when you do calcium CT scores on ultra-distance runners, people that are running these long, crazy distances, they have a, they have more calcium in their arteries than than other people their age. It's like, well, that's just great. You know, you're doing all this running, and now you're going to die of cardiovascular disease mm-hmm. because you're you know you're causing a problem. But it turns out they don't. They don't have the events. They just have the calcium. A study came out this week that actually looked at people that have healing arteries, and guess what? They calcify. So if you have calcification in your arteries, those, are going to want, those aren't gonna be the ones that hurt you, they're stable, they've gotta calcify, they got a cap on them. But if you have a soft, say if you have saran wrap on top of your plaque, then the cholesterol can pop through and then that's what causes a hole in the clot and that's causes the big one. So we can't, find, we can't pick up the 20%ers that's going to, that are soft that are gonna to rupture tomorrow and cause the big one. We can pick up the ones that are stable and we say, well, those are 80%, we need to put a stent in there. But it doesn't make you live longer or better if you're not having symptoms and so we're finding that with more and more treatments in reality so you know meniscus surgery everybody's like oh your meniscus store we gotta fix that we'll put that and make that better turns out people just have as many knee replacements with a meniscus probably a little bit more when you have your meniscus repaired you're probably more down the road so what we do now doesn't necessarily predict our future because there's so many things that that can interact so Back it all up, you know. So we started to teach the the plant-based nutrition in the office. Now, is how many people in here are dabbling in plant-based nutrition, or feel like that they're plant-based? Somewhere there, yeah, pretty good. Plant-based. Dabbling plant-based, yeah. maybe thinking about it. What is it? What is it? Can I say what it is? What I, you know, what is the difference? Oh, that's interesting. Can I say what the difference is between a vegan and a plant-based person? Is that a fair question? Mm -hmm. Um, So a vegan is more of an ethical statement that you don't eat or use animal products. So I wouldn't use cosmetic that was tested on animals. I wouldn't wear leather shoes. um, And I would eat things that weren't made of animals, but it could be a processed food like a Beyond Burger or pretend whatever, you know, pepperoni made out of something else or something like that. It's okay. But I just I'm going to try to avoid animal products to the best of my ability. Well, a lot of those things, if you're going to try to make like beyond meat hamburgers, the idea was to make a hamburger that just tasted like a hamburger. Well, if you make something that's just like the thing that you're trying not to eat, it's going to have all the same ingredients for the most part, except it didn't come from an animal. So all the same amount of sodium, has the same amount of fat, uh, you know, and there's a bunch of some other stuff to make it, you know, uh, look and taste like it. it may not have cholesterol because only animal products have cholesterol, but chances are it's not going to be healthy either. So it's not a health food, it's just not an animal food. On the other hand, if I'm going to eat plant-based, I'm going to try to eat foods that limit my metabolic waste, that allow my body to kind of clear out the garage, so to speak. So the instance would be if I went, uh, say I was eating salmon, because everybody thinks that salmon is a good food. So a piece of salmon uh, versus um, a kale salad. So the salmon has protein, so does the kale has salmon has all the nine essential amino acids, so does the kale. Not the same percentage, so it's not a complete protein, but it has all the same it has all the essential amino acids. A salmon has cholesterol. Plants don't have cholesterol. The salmon has saturated fat. There's very little if any in, in kale salmon is floating around in the water until it got to be big enough to harvest so it stored all the things it swam swam around in and it's fat because it's a fatty fish so dioxins pcbs mercury whatever it had to swim in um, whatever they gave it to make it have a pretty color in the grocery store you know so that goes all into the salmon so i gotta i gotta do something with that metabolic waste on the other hand if i had you know a kale salad I'm going to use that fiber to help my gut microbes. I'm going to digest that kale and use the nutrients, and the byproducts is going to be basically carbon dioxide that I exhale and oxygen or in water that I pee out, and the energy that I convert into some sort of muscle mass. Now you say you can't live on kale alone, so I have to have something with it, right? You know, it's like you know that's uh, when I, you know, you have to have something. Um, so obviously I have to make the plate whole. And so if you imagine the plate. From uh, the American Dietetic Association, they have the you know you have the plate with the um, um, a protein. We don't want to talk about animals. We call it a protein now. And you have a vegetable and a grain and dairy is in the uh, American Dairy Dietary Association. I got that confused because they they are sponsored by the dairy industry. And um, then they'll say limit the simple sugars or whatever. That's kind of the plate well my plant-based plate would be you know my greens because those greens are one of the most nutritious things that I could eat that kale is going to dilate my blood vessels it's going to give me omega-3 fatty acids so it's going to give me fiber so that's really important to have on my plate every day some sort of green doesn't have any kale and then I'm going to have and spinach spinach right and then I'm going to have some other vegetables and then I'm going to have a starch of sort the potato or rice or grain so quinoa, farro, rice uh, or a sweet potato or a white potato. And then I'm gonna have fruit. And that's pretty much gonna be, uh, and, that I, and I have to have, a, and my protein source will be beans or tofu. Uh, and that, that pretty much makes my plate. If I want to lower the energy of that plate to, towards weight loss, then I would shrink the portion of grains and beans perhaps a little bit. If I have a lot of inflammation in my body, I'm gonna to want to increase those vegetables that have anti-inflammatory type properties, the kale, the colorful vegetables, um, and, and so forth. If I have chest pain or vascular disease, I'm certainly gonna to want to have those greens in, which are kale, spinach, broccoli, cauliflower, arugula, broccolini, any kind of cabbage. Those are gonna be what I wanna get six cups a day in if I have vascular. So we, we fine-tune people's plates To what we're trying to achieve with them at the point they're in my grandson's two and a half so he's never had anything but a plant he's in the 95th percentile for height and weight and we're just trying to get calories we're trying to get calories and nutrients in him so a very colorful plate as long as he's getting enough that he's growing so he needs more calories. he needs a little bit more fat so children because they're still developing need some of those good fats the avocados uh, you know, maybe a little bit of oil, but tofu has a little bit more fat. Some of the more fatty foods that are, you know, maybe a little bit more nonsense. But we're not growing, and if we're, depending on our energy level, if we eat too much energy, we're just going to store it as fat. So there's no need to take in excessive amounts of fat because we're just going to store it. When people say essential fatty acids, don't you need the good fat? You need about 0.5% of your calories as good fat, so it's really easy to get. So you don't need to look for you know uh, nobody's fat deficient at least i haven't met anybody just yet you know i mean uh, even a kenyan has enough fat in them to run a marathon so to speak so nobody's fat deficient nobody's protein deficient everybody worries about being not enough of here in the united states which is kind of funny um so that's that's kind of it in a nutshell as far as how we practice so we individualize things depending on the person uh, meet people where they are we have people that aren't plant-based in the practice we try to shove them that way a little bit but we don't kick them out or shun them um, but different people have to hear things at their own pace and sometimes you know we have some. we have a member in the practice that when they were up north in Boston they had some vascular disease they went to the doctor he said you should watch the movie Forks Over Knives here to read the book they brought the book home they put it on the coffee table they never opened it up um, they came down here and they stumbled into some lecture I was getting and they heard that word again forks over knives it's like you know what we better read the book and you know and then one thing led to another and that gentleman actually did his first marathon actually second marathon this year with us at eight so it takes sometimes hearing things different ways to click in you know um, the lady that I saw today you know has you know she's got a very busy life she still works she works full-time she has a disabled uh, son she has a younger son um you know she runs she's running they're running a business they're homeschooling their kids i said can you think of something else to do <laughs> you know and she's trying to get food on the table at night and it's like so this woman's not just it's not a two-hour dinner that she needs to be preparing at night how do you get food on the table in 30 minutes that everybody will eat nobody will whine over Mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's healthy and that's a real thing right because if you've got to read a 20 page recipe every time you go to cook that's gonna get old really quick it's like trying to translate the newspaper you know out of Japanese into the in, into English every morning you know who's gonna do it maybe one day it's fun but the second day you know I just look at the pictures.
1: Plus the planning?
0: The planning right and how do you you know how do you get things you know my grandmother was always good at we talk about making something out of nothing you know and looking in the refrigerator and making a meal but not everybody's like that you know how do you put things together uh, and make it so that it tastes. And, and if you have a spouse that you know, you put this some dinner on the table that you worked really hard for, and they just, you know, eh, tofu, I, just, you know, I don't like the texture. You know, I mean, how, how many times are you gonna try that? You know, I mean, it's, it's not really worth it. Um, the funniest thing was in the practice when we first started to change and wanted to do that early nutrition class, I felt the need to give this talk to everybody that walked in the office during the day so about 10-15 patients a day depending i try to do this 10 to 15 times and i would be hoarse by the end of the day but the funniest part if somebody came in with their spouse and you, you can always tell the one that did the cooking you know they kind of got of burled up like this you know and they and they knew they knew the person that like you know they've been on 20 bad diets before they're not going to do this either and they're going to put me through misery and i have certainly been come to florida to cook you know and um, you, you see that you know getting all you know you know sort of straight up and he's like there's there's problems there's problems here um but i've also seen people come in that i had this this husband and wife come in and literally they had the worst diet that i've ever seen in my life they 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 um you know it was bacon and eggs for breakfast followed by chicken wings at lunch that they bought chicken wings at Publix and put a little bit more barbecue sauce on them and ate them for lunch and then it was like another combination of steak or more of the same thing ham at night you know god had a heart attack had diabetes the sugars were three or four hundred surprise and, and I'm thinking, and you know, her thought of cooking would be maybe that, that was it, you know, sawing something out and putting something on the grill. And it's like, I was almost ready to give them their money back. And I thought, you know, because this is just, it's just not going to work. You know, and, it, and I, we kind of, and he said, no, I, you know, he's like, I, something's got to change here. And I gave him, a, you know, two or three things to eat, basically. You know, can you try this? And, uh, and you know, and they did it and he has and he's you know came off of a hundred units of insulin you know he's now on four units of insulin He's off most of his cardiac meds he's down 60 pounds but i i wouldn't have i wouldn't have put in a dollar that he was actually going to do it i didn't think they could Do you know what i mean i didn't i didn't think that that it would be you know something that but you know if you want it's amazing if you want something you can do it it's just if you want something or not and if you think it's actually going to help
1: when someone starts uh, going into this lifestyle um I know sometimes I had reactions,
0: but can you talk to that? Yeah, so you you know, when I went to medical school, the bacteria in your colon was non-existent. Nobody talked about it. The only thing your colon was for was like the last way out, right? So you ate fiber and you have either constipated or you're not constipated, and that's where cancer started. But other than that, that was the only thing your colon was for. It was just waiting for somebody to resect at some point because uh, it's probably going to, something's going to happen to it but we know that you know we have more genetic material in the bacteria that lives in our colon than we do our own genetic material. And our immune system, the headquarters, is basically in our colon. So what you feed the bacteria that lives in your colon really has to do with your immune system function, whether it's too much, too less, your um, cravings, and, and the type of bacteria that you have. So if you've been feeding chicken wings and bacon and eggs and growing a certain type of bacteria then all of a sudden if you have you know white beans and a head of kale you can only imagine what's gonna happen <laughs> you know and so people you know um, people don't realize you know that there's some ads you know if you've ever scrolled down on, on Facebook sometimes you know you'll see these ads where people you know um, They'll say, show a picture of a colon, and you know she lost 30 pounds of feces, you know, doing this particular (laughs) diet. But it's not that uncommon for people to be carrying around quite a bit of waste in them because you're constipated all the time. People don't even know that they're constipated. You know what I mean? It's just, um, you know if you read you know the Wall Street Journal and you have a little bit of a bowel movement every other day then everything's go you know that's pretty what maybe some people think or right? you take certain things to get and so people are tend to be plugged up so to speak and they just walk around that way and if you start the beans and the kale you can only imagine what you know might happen it's like they call me up it's like I got massive diarrhea this is not working it's like no you're actually having a normal bowel movement you should poop like a cow not a horse you know and and, and but it's but you know it's true you know you shouldn't have to read a novel to go to the bathroom you know <laughs> unless you is a good novel i guess <laughs> i have to say sometimes to get away from my animals i kind of go hide a little bit but, you know it's like but um so it so it can so you can have some certain reactions i tease you know chewing is a big issue so you know almost every kid needs braces today and we have the same amount of teeth as we did 10,000 years ago, but now they don't fit in our jaw.
1: <laughs>
0: and it's because kids don't chew. They never develop their jaw. They get weaned to a, half of them are bottle fed, so they don't even have to work for that, but then they're put on soft food, so they never chew. And then they go to Big Macs and pizza, and you, you don't really can gum all that stuff. You don't really need to <laughs> chew. You don't, you know, they don't eat an apple or chew, what, you know, other than, and, and so the jaw never develops. And so they just pull the teeth. The palate never develops. You know, so there's so many things that we just assume, you know, kids' meals. None of us experience kids' meals. But now kids only experience kids' meals because people think that's what a kid's supposed to have, which is just terrible food. And so how can they ever develop? They don't get any fiber. They're constipated. And they and, and how are they going to ever have a palate for broccoli if you've been giving them hot dogs and mac and cheese?
1: What <laughs> like the things that they squirt into their mouth. Of yeah, it's a different, yeah. The, which has probably a lot of sugar. sugar. Oh, it has to
0: be, you know, sugar. You know, so it, it is just we've made convenience. You know, somebody talks about the obesity. In 1980, all of a sudden, the obesity curve went straight up, and it's like, what happened? You know, what happened? And, and basically, TV dinners happened, fast foods happened, calorically <laughs> dense things happened. You know, we do, people move, there's a gym on every corner, but there's also a fast food on every corner you know so you can you know so it's it's very difficult the caloric density of the food is so much people can't um, you can't metabolize it from age zero to 20 you have a really high metabolism you're growing you're making bone brain muscle height whatever from 20 to 60 it stays steady a lot of people say menopause you know I gained 30 pounds after menopause and it must have been menopause that caused the problem so take this hormone take this take that take this it's not 20 to 60 same metabolism, after 60, it starts to fall off. What happens at 45, 50? You don't have to cook anymore, you get to go out more. Kids leave the house, you get to go out more, more, you know, a uh, little bit more sedentary, life starts to slow down just a little bit, or different, and people, people get put on the weight. And the next thing you know, you wake up, because 100 calories extra a day times 360 days is a, is a lot of calories. 10 calories, you know, an extra, uh, an extra lifesaver a day is a pound a year. Ten calories, three hundred sixty-five days a year, it's three thousand calories, and that's a pound. So it doesn't take much, and especially when you go get the chicken wings that in the bag (laughs) that were fried at the factory and dipped in something, and then you put them, then the you know Arby's puts them in in the frying thing and puts a little bit more oil in them, right? So you're kind of doomed when you you know rely on people to make your food for you sometimes. I told some lady, you know, she said, "Is it okay if I buy the bags of vegetables that are already cut up at Publix?" You know, in the produce, of fresh vegetables. She like, said, "Well, no." She said, "Why?" And it's like, because you need to stand up and cut those things. Because if you stand up and cut those things, you're actually standing up and moving a little bit. You have a day job that you just <laughs> sat like this for eight hours. What's the difference between going out to dinner and making your own? So you get your car you drive to the restaurant, you park as close as you can,
1: right.
0: you walk in, because you got your good shoes on, so you walk in, you sit down, and you eat, you get a bigger portion than you would have at home, you're going to order an appetizer, because you had to wait, right. um, <laughs> the, bread, the bread keeps coming, you know, so you keep, you're going to have a drink, because I mean, come on, we're going to socialize, and the food is more greasy, and it's, you know, more calorie dense, and then you eat it, and you know, some people are really, you know, it's like, i half of the dog they bring it back with them in the, in the car right by the door and they drive home but if you had to make it you had to drive to Publix you got to walk in you got to put it in your cart check out come home unload it cut it up cook it eat it do the dishes so you burn not only did you eat less but you burn more you actually moved your body was actually moving a little bit so that could be a swing of eight or nine hundred calories just that meal so you do that, you know, I have um, Dr. Esselstyn from Fort Every Knives, I have a funny story. So when I first started trying to convince people to do this, I had a friend of the family who was an attorney, who was significantly overweight, and he had had a heart attack and he swore he was doing this. And he come in and he didn't lose a half a pound, you know, I mean, the same guy he swore. They went to an Italian restaurant, but he went to the kitchen and they did it right. And he didn't vary, you know, he was eating everything right. Still have a little chest pain, but, you know, again, no oil, not eating. I don't know why I can't lose weight. I'm hardly eating anything. So I'm looking at this guy. I'm afraid he's going to die. You know what I mean? He's got heart disease, and he's a big guy, and plus he's an attorney. And so I'm saying, don't do all these things and just eat plant-based. And he dies. What's going to happen to me? I'm going to jail. (laughs) And
1: (laughs) so I called Dr. Esselstyn up
0: on the phone. And and I said, I had a problem. I said, I got this guy. I said, you know, he says he's doing everything. He's still having chest pain. And he looks at me, he, and he says, he said, is he fat? And I said, yeah. And he says, he's cheating. Yeah, he's cheating. <laughs> you know, he said, he's cheating. And it's like, like, uh, you know, he says he's not. He says, he's cheating. He says, does he eat out? And I said, maybe once a week. He said, that's 52 times a year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and but you just don't, you know, we get to the point where we don't notice. Have you ever, um, like, weight watchers? Anybody ever done weight watchers? Yeah,
1: me. Uh, yeah, so
0: the portions, right? You know, a cup of this, so many points, a of this, so many points, right? So after a while, you think you can eyeball it, right? Yeah yeah so after you're done with that you eyeball it then the yeah exactly <laughs> that's your eyeball you know we always talk in class about the peanut butter and the spoon right A tablespoon of peanut butter is 110 calories so what's your tablespoon like <laughs> <laughs> nobody's looking and then it's another one you know but it's like I just my mother always says I just ate this much and it's like they don't do portions like that mom it's always this just this portion it's like they don't make portions like that <laughs> I'm done questions
1: I'm curious, these two have stressed, not, have stressed not having oil in your food, yet um, better, most
0: Mediterranean diets suggest you have, you know, olive oil, what's, what's the deal with olive oil? Well, for the I mean, most part, for starters, olive oil is generally not olive oil. There's very little regulation to olive oil, and the benefits of olive oil depend on when you pick the olives, how they were processed, you know, and what they were mixed with. And, you know, so, Olive oil that Giuseppe made, you know, on the farm is a lot different from the half gallon that you buy at Sam's. Okay. So for the most part, it's cut with seed oils. Olive oil, the makeup um, is basically a, mostly a monounsaturated fat, which is supposed to be less dangerous, has a little bit of saturated fat. It does have a little bit of omega-6 fat, but monounsaturated fat has not been shown to cause as much cardiovascular disease. Does it reverse it? Depends. Doesn't really revert, nobody's ever shown olive oil reverses disease, but it decreases cardiovascular incidence compared to other ways of eating. So if I compare smoking chocolate cigarettes to Marlboros, I might be able to say that the chocolate cigarettes are better than the Marlboros. Can I say it's a health food? Not necessarily, follow me? So it's better than than eating um, lard on your cooking with lard. Will it reverse disease probably not will it slow it possibly maybe if it's truly olive oil the problem is when you take an olive and you squeeze it to get the yellow oil out actually should be green if it's done right um, then you've left the fiber and the nutrients behind and you just have this liquid the liquid can hit those cells in your colon where that bacteria lives and causes an inflammatory reaction so those people prone that have those bacteria may actually set off inflammation. So for instance, we had a fellow that had rheumatoid arthritis. And you know, the crippling kind, his fingers were kind of bent, walked with a walked with a cane, and he had no rhythm problem, so that's how I got him to try to go plant-based. He comes in the office and he's still having issues and he's really not lost enough to weight. And they swerp him down, they weren't eating any meat, they weren't eating any dairy and it's like and I'm kind of you know scratching my head again, you know, it's like they seemed like they weren't lying to me. Um, any more than anybody else does <laughs> and uh, he said yeah so me and my wife we make this big pot of roasted vegetables we put them on a cookie sheet and then we put the oil on them <laughs> you know so italians in italy might use a tablespoon of olive oil for like the whole meal but here we've got it in the pasta sauce we've got it in the uh, you know we're cooking with it we're putting it in the you know the whatever you know it's everywhere you know it's in your energy bar it's it's in your it's everywhere so we have so much more oil than somebody that put a little bit in the pan and you know that was good that we had because it was so expensive we have to cherish it and actually the the burn point of olive oil is not it should really be a cooking oil it should be you know at best something that people you know put on a salad or something for the most part but it's not meant for high heat at all it starts to oxidize and we know oxidize causes inflammation again starts that that part so again if we're trying to reverse disease if your garage is spot clean you know, it's one thing, but if we're trying to take somebody that has chest pain, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol and, and turn back the clock, we need all hands on deck. So we can't keep going this way if we're trying to go this way. That's the reason. Okay. So you get the biggest bang for your buck if you can get it out with, with cooking. Now is a little bit going to be what, you know, takes you down? Probably not. You know, so what I always say to these guys is like, so when you go out, you have no choice. You are at the mercy of that guy back there in the okay. kitchen. And if you make them too angry, they're going to spit in your food.
1: <laughs>
0: so, you order what you can, you know. But you can't. You can't. You have to realize you cannot control the situation, and you'll be a menace to your friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nobody, nobody will have you over. To. Look how small this group is. You've <laughs> <laughs> cooking with coconut oil. Well, coconut is actually a medium-chain triglyceride. So it actually behaves more like a saturated fat, and it has 9 calories per gram. So it's not a health food. It adds more calories to your food. So, and, and the thing is, can you get by without it? When I look at if I want to lose weight, what can I eliminate that's not going to cause me grief, right? So um, if I can't taste the oil in something, that's 9 calories per gram, and a tablespoon is 110 calories. And for weight loss, I'm just looking for about 250 in the negative a day, so I'm almost halfway there if I don't cook with oil. It's like cooking with oil is about five to 800 calories a day extra. So if you eliminate that, that's a great way to lose weight, and you don't affect the taste. So when I'm sauteing garlic and mushrooms, I just put a tiny bit of water and let them generate, mushrooms generate water, your greens will generate water. Um, so you don't need it, so to speak. We're just used to it. What?
1: I want a game. Great, okay, that's so Calories. um it like it's just
0: it's so, so when you actually so the reality of it is exercise will not result in weight loss i can mm-hmm. you know i can train for a marathon and i can maintain calories i, I don't have to i won't lose any weight i can because i get hungry and i eat more um sometimes it's a perception of what you're eating so if i were trying to put weight on you um i would do More potatoes, more grains, more beans, more tofu. Um, a larger meal. Most people grew up with a potato, a a piece of meat, and a vegetable. So the plate fit on that like that school lunch plate. And And (laughs) gravy. But but we look at a finite portion, what's a lot. You know, your perception of what's a lot and my perception of what a lot. But when I eat a salad, again, now I'm looking at this big. And some people can't. Some people just don't have the appetite. Um, you know there are food driven people like I want to eat till I'm full or I gotta make myself eat because I don't remember some people get you know you have the feeling of getting full quicker um, so it depends you know a, a large you know so fruit and yogurt yogurts things that are calorie dense you know plant-based yogurts have a lot of that a little bit more fat if you're losing weight and your cholesterol is good then we would add a little bit more if you want to have an avocado to you you know those kind of things Um we don't want to make you fat. We don't want to put weight on and just make you fat. My uh, son-in-law is a strength and conditioning coach, and we always have the, the discussion. It's like, why are the shot putters so fat? Why do they have to be, you know, why do, you know, why do, you know, I understand a center in football, they take up space, right? But the shot putters, <laughs> uh, you, you're spinning around. You think you'd like to be a little leaner, you know, to spin quicker. He said, well, the thing is, you know, it's mass. You get it spinning, it's going to be a mass. It's a force to go around. Uh, so when you eat, if you've not putting muscle on, you're gonna put fat on. So we don't really need to put fat on you. Do you want it? You know, insulation, <laughs> not cold, I don't know. But you know what I mean? So I'd rather have something functional. Fat makes it, fat uh, in and of itself is more inflammatory. People that are overweight have an increased risk of cancer. Uh, you got, your heart has to pump to fat. You don't get any bang for your buck it. you know? So you better off putting on a coat than, than putting on fat. So you'd rather put on muscle that you have more energy perhaps, you know? And so that would be uh, a different way of, of, of eating. But again, you know, sometimes when people take the junk food out of their diet, you know, there's not much left. You know what I mean? <laughs> a,
1: a question for you about the fat avocado: when you're when you need a lot of energy and you're training athletically, sometimes it's better to have that whole wheat toast with a little avocado on it before uh, 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 a practice or whatever. than lean meat, it, it 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 metabolizes faster. You've got the energy. And you're able to get through it faster so where where i'm a little concerned i used to not eat fat but you're starting to see hey it's better to have that piece of toast with the avocado than it is you know the piece of meat
0: or you know the the lean chicken the lean chicken won't so you're going to draw energy for athletic performances from carbohydrates you'll burn a little fat in the background but you got that going for you already but you know what it's interesting i found with carbohydrate it doesn't stick with me you didn't eat enough. The, the protein yeah. that protein seems to stick with. gives your you mind. no energy whatsoever but it so, stays with you um, <laughs> you didn't eat enough okay you didn't eat enough um, so a more complex carbohydrate may last longer like so oatmeal or um, you know something along those lines maybe the fat with adding chia seeds but I got to tell you I didn't think so either um, when I first did all this one if you gave me a bowl of oatmeal I say that's oh, so all we have you know no chocolate cake left Um, and then it's like okay i'll eat it but i did not see any brown sugar you know okay i'll try it with some dates and raisins to okay i can just eat it
1: well you know you know with the oatmeal i love oatmeal i just i don't eat that and i did find that uh and but the energy i have to eat tiny meals to make it through the different workouts so i found that in between when i'm traveling it was neat to have the piece of bread and i had hummus
0: Hummus and, is great. Okay, hummus. Hummus is great. So, but it's not the fat or the protein that's driving you. It's the beans and the carbohydrate, and it breaks down more because there's fiber. Okay. So it, that'll yeah. delay the breakdown of the of the carbohydrate. Um, and the more fit you are, the more your body's going to burn some background fat. So if you're if you go out to exercise, um, and if you this is your muscle cell you the first thing that you're gonna I'm gonna run across the parking lot I'm gonna use energy ATP that I already have stored right. in the muscle cell so I can get to the parking lot just using the energy that's already been made yeah after that I have to start using energy converting carbohydrate to energy through a metabolic process I can use so my muscle cells have 2,000 calories of carbohydrate stored in them and my liver have 200 I've got a little fat in the muscle, but not a tremendous amount. So that can break down in the background, but for the most part, for athletic, for a muscle fiber to contract, it needs carbohydrate. You're not gonna convince anybody running uh, the mile to eat avocado and go do it. They're gonna do carbohydrate. After you go through, depending on the length of the activity, so after an hour, you start to deplete your carbohydrate stores. Your liver is there to keep your bloodstream glucose steady, so it keeps dishing out a little bit, so your cholesterol, so your glucose doesn't go to 60 while you're running. When he's running, for an example, so it'll spit out a little glucose just to keep your glucose around 90. So it only has 200 calories. It starts to, it starts to go. You know, you start to go through those 200 calories after about an hour. Your body's going to want some more. You're either going to have to slow down and drop your heart rate enough so that you can start to metabolize fat, because your heart rate has to be lower it takes more oxygen to metabolize fat than carbohydrate so that is the proverbial wall so you have to slow things down and walk you can metabolize some fat while you restore your carbohydrate stores somehow and then you can go on protein does not play a role in that I can do a 20 like well I just did a 12-hour race so 50 miles in 12 hours it didn't have trying to think if there was any there was five grams of protein 10 grams of protein and something that I may have eaten over the course of the day I'm fine I ate after I was done. I had food that had protein in it. I wasn't trying to make up for the protein for that day, but I ate essentially all carbohydrates.
1: But you were doing it on a continuous basis. I'm talking about
0: something like tennis where you're playing two or three times a day where it's sudden spurts at high intensity. That's all carbohydrate. That's all carbohydrate. So you eat and you play. You eat and you play when you're hungry. Heart- the the problem is is between the play you don't have the time to eat and what
1: to. I was eat. running and had time to eat. <laughs> yeah, but, but what, what I find is when I play in the
0: hot, I, I'm not hungry though. No. Well then I can't eat. Right, so then you, you can take a carbo- you can take a liquid carbohydrate source, and that would get you through it. Is that the one, that powdered one? Like yeah. Did, did you do the gnarly? you do the gnarly? you
1: do, do the ant- 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 Or the Tail. No, tail, 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 tail. tail. That's yeah. the one I told you. To yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So those give you liquid calories to do your athletic event, and then when you're done, you eat real food. But you're not going to, you're not going to process any protein. And if you eat fat, let's go back to the toast and the avocado. If you eat the avocado, you have to take it through your intestines, take it into your bloodstream. So. Get into the blood, and then back into the muscle, and then go through the metabolic process. It's not quick.
1: But for the heart thing, they they one of the biggest things. They say that avocado is so good for you. You should include it in your diet.
0: I so I just started. I you know, trying
1: to add that in variety. I mean,
0: if your cholesterol's okay and and your weight's not a, a issue, then a half avocado day—I don't have a problem with it. I eat—I okay. eat an avocado. not a problem with it. But if you're looking for energy. That's a different question. So I would be more inclined to, I actually have my sourdough bread with some jam on it mm-hmm. and a big bowl of fruit.
1: Like what I found was the energy bowl. I love that. With that just, it, it,
0: it goes into your system. It doesn't seem um, to. Have you ever had teff, teff porridge? No. Teff is an ancient grain. It kind of looks like cocoa wheat, kind of wild, but it's um, a hearty grain. We used to do that before we did long bikes because it really sticks to you. Um, it metabolizes very slowly and so really? yeah teff t-e-f-f and and we typically cook it you know like you would oatmeal it takes a little longer um but i put like dates maybe a couple walnuts in there um and, and maybe chop up a banana on it try that because it really lasts a long time he's looking at us Do we got to tech kicked out here I don't know. No, you're not
1: gonna we're get we're kicked getting... out, but I think you have an appointment or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well. We gotta go cheat. It's it's dinner out. And <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about it so <laughs> <so> loud. And <laughs> now you get hungry talking about all of food. Enjoy it, right? I was just gonna say, with like protein, I always thought like if if I eat protein, I feel fuller.
0: A, there's a satiety involved in that. But both fat and protein will cause you to feel full. Does it
1: mean that it's giving you the yeah.
0: nutrition? No, it makes you it makes you feel fuller and perhaps a it little because bit
1: Because there's problems with the heat and humidity, and if you're playing several times through the day, where you're not able to refuel,
0: you get this glazed look. And That's <laughs> and a carbohydrate and deficiency. That's a glycogen loss. Yeah. So you just need more carbohydrates. It's not a protein thing.
1: I had that turkey sandwich that was I took a bite of it and I felt better. <laughs> That's because of the bread. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. So when you're saying carbohydrates, you can just have all the vegetables you want all day long. That would be a big one. Yes. I love mm-hmm. yeah. 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 the chicken. So how do how do you help your patients navigate this mm-hmm. world of planning and knowing what to do? Because I have a lot of information on this and I've been we've been doing it. I've been around with it for a long time and I still struggle with you know oh god what am I gonna eat for dinner and you know there's always rice around there's always whole grain pasta around and some sauce that's decent
0: your go-to meals we have go-to meals Uh, and actually we have like you can do a menu board Uh, we find it helpful so if you write seven items for dinner down you know and then you can rearrange them obviously so you have them and you can shop for them accordingly but you know my mom's Italian, so there's probably going to be an Italian night. So that might be a positive sort, you know, with a, you know, prima, you know, with vegetables or whatever, maybe a sauce, depends on. We, um, an easy, really quick night, greens, sweet potato, beans. We do a burrito night. Um, so we made our fajita night, so I'll saute some vegetables. We'll have beans and rice. I make a, I make a tortilla, uh, you know, out of corn masa. We do pizza night. We have a soup night. So once a week, we have soup, um, whether it be a fa, a potato soup, a chili, um, bean soup, something, a uh, mock chicken soup of some sort. We usually do that. And then I like to, I do all the cooking in my house, so I kind of like to repurpose things. you know. So I made a lasagna Sunday night, and I'm gonna have it tonight. Um, I made a lentil loaf on Monday. We had lentil loaf sandwiches with, um, uh, I can't remember with this salad or whatever another night so i repurpose it so i don't have to cook every night
1: and what are your lunches
0: um my lunches are usually could be leftovers but my favorite lunch is some variation of a, a large salad so it's usually you know two big handfuls of greens and then my variant and it's usually a whole pepper and a whole cucumber and then i may do my mexican salad which is salsa avocado and rice and maybe beans I may do my sushi salad, which is um, some nori, rice, avocado, ginger. Um, You know, I might do a seizure salad version of that, you know, with uh, maybe a yogurt type dressing. Uh, Again, those vegetables. But there's usually, we do a quinoa and sweet potato um, version of a salad. So some sort of salad I usually do at lunch and then a piece of fruit. So that's almost all, or like I said, leftovers. Today was leftovers and greens. Um, you know, so that's typically. So like a, if you
1: have a dish like, this is what I usually do is, if, if say I have a dish that's going to include quinoa. I make more quinoa, because yes. then I have it in the fridge and we put it in our salad or our sandwich or whatever.
0: Or you um, can use that for your base. So if I have rice, you know, I always make extra rice. So I could use it for my salad or I could use it in a dish so I didn't have to get the instant pot out to make the rice the next time if i make beans i always make extra so we might have fajitas and then we might have bean soup um you know so i try to make it easier but it's it's kind of taking the it's, it's finding the recipes that you really enjoy right. we like a recipe that we call it cabbage unrolled it's with gnocchi the potato um, cabbage and sauerkraut and white beans and then we do uh the this, this sauce so to speak is either tomato or I turn it into kind of a stroganoff where I'll do a mushroom and a little bit of a cream sauce with it, uh-huh. and that's usually made out of cashew. Pardon me. <laughs> yeah, eat yeah. So that's that's something that we have. You know, that would be a that would be something that we would have. You know, like a 10-day rotation, so to speak. Yeah, so just plan that out. Yeah, and you just find what you like. You know, I mean, we do. Uh, I do a crabless cake. You know, so if we do a crabless cake, we do a baked potato and. You know some some greens. I find, you know, I it's funny when air fryers first came out, I was like, no no no, don't use them, don't buy them, they're awful. They heat food up greater than 425 degrees. They generate acrylamides and they're going to cause cancer. Well now they they you know you don't have to heat things up. You can do 385 as long as you keep your vegetables under uh, under 400 really. You don't generate acrylamides which are carcinogens. But I like to take that little air fryer since a lot of night you know and I'll put I'll cut a sweet potato in half. Put it in there, 30 minutes, it's the best sweet potato you ever had. Spaghetti squash, I put that in the air fryer, you know, put it in one of the flat ones, you know, it's so quick. My tofu, I'll I'll make a little bit of a batter, seasoned batter, put that in there, it's good. Last night we did a cauliflower tofu and then actually I had mashed potatoes left so I made potato cakes. Put a little kale and and onions in there and, and just dry fried them in a pan. So it's just doing things that you find you like and that you don't have to read a 20 page recipe.
1: Right, but then you also commented earlier you have to eat enough food because yes. you're eating low-calorie-density food. I can eat a huge plate of food that is really good for me, but then in two hours I'm looking for a snack, and it's usually something that's not. So you got to
0: make sure you have the potatoes or the grain in that, and you have to make sure that um, you know you have the beans, that you're eating an adequate portion. Because, again, we're used to looking at this, yeah. the Weight Watcher right. portion, not this. And, and so my dessert, my go-through, almost every night of the week, chocolate cake no. <laughs> <It's this big.
1: laughs>
0: now i take i take a jar uh, a mason jar that must be a pint size and i dice up a, a frozen banana put that in the bottom then i put a tablespoon of cacao powder and then i fill the rest of the jar with frozen blueberries or a combo of blueberries strawberries and mango and then i fill that jar about halfway full with soy milk and i sit there with the spoon while i'm watching my hour of TV and i make soft serve and i'm happy as a clam I think I have ice cream. It tastes like ice cream. I got chocolate. Cacao powder is unprocessed. It's a bean. It has antioxidants, phytonutrients. I got a banana. I got blueberries. Good for my brain. I think I'm having ice cream someplace along the road, and I'm happy. And you're working at it. it. it, I'm it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't go down like that little piece of right. chocolate cake. So I, it takes a bit. So I do that almost. So the only thing I vary, sometimes it's cherries, sometimes it's a combo, sometimes it's blueberries. And i get the soy milk soy milk has anti-cancer properties it's anti-prostate anti-breast cancer anti-hot flash so if anybody has hot flashes soy milk before you go to bed will alleviate those So no
1: coconut milk, but milk
0: is okay. you can you can you can use almond milk um uh, the lower fat variety i just i i like the so how do i prevent breast cancer that's the biggie right one in eight women get breast cancer so normal body mass index exercise avoiding dairy um, and then what can I eat? Mushrooms have the same anti-cancer properties as a tamoxifen. All right? So mushrooms are very anti-cancer. Um, and soy, anti-estrogen. So estrogen blocker. So that's why I we, we eat mushrooms several times a week, and I have soy milk. That's why I choose it. But if you hate soy milk and you like almond milk, Soy sauce can have gluten because they use wheat to ferment it. But soy milk is just soybeans and water. Okay, thank you. Need to go. Okay, okay. What
1: about like oat
0: milk? You can do oat milk. Um, There's a company called Mulk, M A L K, that makes oat milk with just oat water and a little bit of salt. But the other oat milk, you have to look to make sure they don't put a bunch of oil and processed stuff in them. If there's a paragraph of ingredients in something, <laughs> that's I don't, you know, it's like, that, you know, I don't know what to do with war gum in my garage. <laughs> I'm sure it won't hurt me that bad, but how much of it do I really need? Do
1: you find people get scared, and that's what, what pushes them over to this type of lifestyle? I think
0: people are Is afraid it? that, one, it might work, and then I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah. um, and two, it's that guilty thing. Um, you know, that. you make guilted into it? Yeah, Yuri, well, you're guilted into it, but it's almost like, you know, you don't want to be that French person. You know, everybody knows that person that goes to the restaurant. It's like, I like this, but hold this, hold that, do this, I can't have that, please don't do this. You know, nobody wants to be that guy, you know, because pretty soon you're eating alone. You know, and. Um, so I think that's an issue, and then the how, because again, you know, I can go and I'm sure you're you know, once you're used to it, so I'm not gonna throw you under the bus, but where are you going to dinner tonight? <laughs> 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 so you would think you would think Italian restaurant, you should be able to pull that off, right? Pasta marinara sauce. My God, you should be able to do it. Full oil, it's full of oil. That's the that's the problem when, you know, but they don't have to make do it that bad. But you know, if you get a marinara sauce, if you you know, it's gonna be better than, you know, it's, you know, you don't, do cheese, right. so sausage, you don't do the cheese, right? So if you don't do the
1: parmesan, veal something, right? If you don't do
0: veal, by. if you don't do the eggplant or whatever type of thing, you're getting it. But you are going to get oil, and you know it's going to be, right. you know, and and it's like people are used to seeing that. Yeah. I can even go to the outback and probably get less oil because I can get a baked potato and the salad, you know, and the vegetables. I can get by there. The yeah. sides. Um, the sides, sides. You know, sense. I went to Burn Steakhouse and ordered a bunch of sides. They were they hated me there. They gave me a bunch of saucers. Like I had six saucers with <laughs> sides on it. Um, <laughs> But you can usually, Thai food is a place you can always find something. You might get a little coconut milk with it. But um, Mexican food, sometimes, you know, there's lard and beans. Like, uh, what's the new place we've got here? Chipotle. Yeah, Chipotle. You know, so they yeah. their tortilla shell, shell's got a lot of salt in it, but if you do like the bowl, it's not bad. Chipotle's good. Yeah, the bowl's good. You can get all those sides and that works. Um, you know, so most of those places you can work around. Is it as good as, but you can, you can. I don't know why, you know, most sauces because they come in the giant, you know, bags and they're full of oil type of thing, but you know, it's like, we make great sauce, my mom's Italian, we make, we make stuffed shells, I make the filling with like, a little cashew, but mainly silken tofu, spinach, allspice, garlic, lemon, I mean, I have people in my house, they do not know it's not ricotta, mm-hmm. you know, and so they could do it, but they don't want to do it because it's not quick and easy, that's it,
1: all. It's hard though Very. socially to to, to figure out where you're... Well,
0: you don't want to get, you know, you know if you're the guy that wants the big giant steak hanging off the plate, you know, and you look over and you're having a salad, you kind of feel bad. I hope you enjoyed a little different format and uh, some interaction with some people on their early plant-based journey. One of the things I wanted to add as far as the calcium score, um, there was a recent article that came out looking at people taking statins and they looked at the calcification in the arteries and the claim to fame was that they Statins help to regress um, coronary plaque. And they also noted that there was an increase in calcium uh, associated with the statin or with the regression of plaque. And, you know, it was a kind of a light bulb for me because, again, when we look at athletes that are endurance athletes running ultras, uh, they tend to have more calcification, but less vascular, um, vascular complications, less heart attacks, less strokes. So, it, again, it adds more... Uh, credence to the fact that calcified plaques are stable plaques, and whatever we can do to stabilize the plaque, be it a medication that has some side effects or a prolonged exercise, um, is a good way around, um, or it actually should provide confidence that these plaques are stable and we don't need to go sticking stents in them or bypassing them, And um, but, I, but I thought it was very interesting. Uh, so. Um, they argued a little bit about what procedure was best at looking at the calcium, whether intravascular ultrasound or uh, or calcium or cardiac CT. They also argued argued about uh, what the calcium looks like, but you know I think the end result is that if people have less events and they have more calcium, great, um, it's a sign of of healing rather than um, a sign that bad things are going to happen. So. Um, A lot of it's in the company that keeps. Obviously, if you have a high calcium score and you have a poor diet, you're going to have soft plaques that can crack. um, So you need to change your diet. So my recommendation is always going to be um, eat a whole foods, plant-based diet and exercise no matter if you have a calcium score of zero or you have a calcium score of 500. Again, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening. Be back next week with a regular episode. Thank you.